Here we go with the Big Ten Football Focus Preview of Week 2 Podcast. Grateful to have you guys in. It's been a couple of days and now I am more than excited to discuss with you guys all of the games, all of the preview of the upcoming week. Now, you might be thinking to yourself right now, uh, wow. Oh, it's been it's only been a couple of days. We just did a recap. Now we're doing a preview. You will be right. And I am very excited to talk about this going forward. Now, uh, w- by the time you're hearing this, uh, lines move. We're, we're going to get a little bit into the betting side of, of sports. Of course, I'll always do a PSA. Uh, be very careful when you bet. Uh, it, it can be super fun. It can be also super dangerous as well. Never bet money you don't have. Uh, be careful with that. But I love the gambling aspect of the game, and I and I want to I want to kind of add that in, and I think it makes sports so much more fun when you're able to gamble on it, right? Hey, I think Michigan's going to win. Well, no crap, I think Michigan's going to win too against Hawaii. Okay, well you take a minus forty-eight and a half. That's when it gets a little bit more tricky. That's where you're able to get in uh, as far as experts go. That's where you're able to uh, to really kind of you know dig into that. Uh, I'm fairly new to the to the gambling uh, scene. I've been learning a lot. I've been studying a lot. I follow a lot of people that that make me smarter. Right? Uh, you know, they always say, if "You're the smartest one in the room. You need to go find a new room." Uh, and then and so I've been trying to do that. And I've been trying to learn what different things mean. I like just to play straight up spreads versus money lines and, and, and money lines. There's a lot of different things you can do with gambling. Uh, and we'll kind of talk about how the line moves and stuff like that. Uh, it's very difficult to do a just a straight up betting podcast. That's why we're just kind of adding this aspect into it just because the lines do move. They're live lines. Uh, you might get a number uh, at, at 31, you know, couple minutes later it's at 35 points uh vegas the the bookmakers there uh those are the books that, that i'm using because I, I i like las vegas right uh but those are the ones like they're, they're they, they've got a they're hedging their bets and they've got to put the line where that they can make the most amount of money and so we can kind of discuss those things i don't want to make this an entire uh betting podcast but we will get into that towards the end last week we had a pretty good week three and five on the or six and five three and five six and five on the spread and then nine and two on the money line so feeling pretty confident about that uh the money line pretty easy uh at the beginning of the year to, to predict some things and uh our, our only losses were we're betting against indiana and betting against rutgers so uh really interesting uh games this week the only bad thing uh at the beginning of college football and maybe you guys can tell me this i i maybe this is a controversial take but i i love college football don't get me wrong it is the pageantry we've we've discussed some of these things on the on the podcast right the pageantry the the atmosphere um, the crazy you know teenage late teens early 20 year olds on on campus uh tailgating uh everything that that is college football has a sort of of love about it and a lot of people that I know, at least in my circle, do prefer, they always say, well, nothing beats college football. And you look at the NFL and they're like, well, the NFL, they're pros. It's a little bit more corporate. It's not as, uh, doesn't have that same intimate feel that you might have with with your alma mater or with your favorite team. For example, my, my alma mater is Dixie State University. Uh, now it's Utah Tech. Uh, grew up 
University of Utah fan, right? I grew up a Michigan fan. Those were my teams. Even though I had no ties to Michigan, I mean, my dad uh, has loved them growing up, but we really don't have any ties. But but he he loved Michigan, right? And that's what we that's what I watched when I was growing up in the in as far as the Big Ten, and so uh, that that kind of aspect of college football is great. One of the downsides of college football is that it is missing too many good games. And this is a perfect example uh, of that. And and I understand the the idea behind it. If you're an athletic director, uh, you've got to be able to to schedule these games, pick up wins. Now, for those of you who are, who are unaware of, 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 of this, uh, a lot of the, the teams, especially Power 5 conferences, uh, they will pay to fly teams out. They'll pay them to play them. Uh, and they'll get a lot, a lot of money. We're not talking, you know, $10,000. We're talking hundreds of thousand dollars to millions of dollars to play these teams. And I've heard figures thrown around, you know, $1.2 million to come play us, $900,000 to come play us. And so they'll reach out to these FCS schools or, or lower MAC uh, Sunbelt teams and say, hey, look, come play us. We'll give you a half a million dollars. Rooms will be taken care of. Travel will be taken care of. Food will be taken care of. You just come and play us. And we're just going to be the snot out of you. And that is fine because those lower programs do rely on those big programs. A lot of it, I mean, if you got a $900,000 check from, uh, you know, Wisconsin to come and get, just get mollywopped, that is a brand new building on, on campus, right? Uh, new athletic facilities that pays for your scholarships. Uh, because a lot of the lower schools, they, the football might be the only money maker. Uh, it usually is in college fo- sports, uh, football, uh, basketball, a little bit because of the way that they have like the the sharing the money sharing you know capabilities and then outside of a handful of college baseball programs pretty much every other sport is is what they call a parasite sport actually takes money away instead of bringing money into the program and so obviously with with exceptions don't don't start yelling at me about you know some water polo team i'm not i'm not aware of that's you know won the last 12 national championships obviously that but football they can they can really cover their books because uh of of football not just that but then you know stadium sales uh ticket sales for football more people come out for for that than any other sport in college but what makes it difficult is that we have two weeks in college football where the nfl is not on and last week, there were some good games. Notre Dame and Ohio State probably being the headliner, followed shortly behind Utah and Florida. And that's about it. There was a lot of Wisconsin against Illinois State. Minnesota taking on New Mexico State. I understand the way that the schedules are, are, are constructed and that we've been following this this way for a long time. I think it is now time to reimagine it. Rethink this. You, you see it uh, with like U, uh, UFC. When Dana White back in the day kind of consolidates it, makes it this big massive thing. The fighters are all now here and boxing didn't adapt to that, that kind of corporate uh, style where we're, we're going to move, we're going to change things. I mean, UFC, they were fighting in the middle of a pandemic. We'll go buy a freaking island, right? And we're going to f- do the fights there where the COVID rules don't apply to us, but we'll test them, we'll take care of them, but we're going to do it because we're going to kind of push the boundary. So these things can change, and I don't think we need to be just gripped with, with tradition and playing Arkansas State, Illinois State, New Mexico State, is all well and good to get one game, 
but to have multiple patty cakes on the schedule is really, really frustrating. Like I said, the first two weeks, college football should absolutely dominate. Now, there were some great games. Like I said, great games yesterday, but it should be better. Michigan should have been taking on Georgia, Alabama. Ohio State did play Notre Dame. I'll give them kudos there. And, and I know we had some Big Ten games. But Michigan State, why were you not on the horn talking to Washington? Why were you not on the horn talking to Oregon State? What about Clemson? Now, I understand everyone has their schedules and stuff, but scheduling in college football needs to be completely revised where we get big games that draw us in at the beginning of the season. You are on your own Labor Day weekend. You are the biggest headliner out there. And we had maybe three games worth of note that everyone's going to watch. I want to watch them all because I'm a diehard college football fan. I'm talking to, we've got to get the mid to people not as interested or one game a, a, a guy people. That's what we want. That's how college football grows. And and that's just my opinion on it. Uh, they would even dominate this weekend. Week This week two is very, very hard because in the Big Ten, there's not a ton of good games. I think the Big Ten is going to dominate this week. Uh, I, I, I really I really do. There's a couple of them sprinkled in there. But for the most part, it's going to be a lot of Michigan, Hawaii, uh, Ohio State playing Arkansas State. And it's good. But I want to see it be a little bit more dynamic. And I think part of it is because everyone wants to have that perfect record or near perfect record. So the committee will have them, uh, you know, go against the SEC and put them in the college football playoff. Well, with 12 teams, we can do that. I think a loss or two should not hinder your capability of getting into the college football playoff. Because, again, it should be the top four teams out there, not the top four best records. That's my opinion. Might be a little controversial. Let me know what you think. So let's get in to the preview of this. We're going to we're going to talk about every single game, what I'm going to what what I would bet or or these lines. Now, some of the lines uh just because again, they're constantly moving. Some of them might shoot up, drop down, all kinds of stuff, right? Uh so I'm going to kind of discuss what I would do. Um obviously, again, PSA, be careful when you're gambling, but this is, is my opinion. This is what I would do, uh, or I'm going to do, right? And then also there are there are games, because this is a Big Ten football podcast, I'm going to bet every single thing, but you guys don't have to, uh, right? Or, or, or maybe I would have stayed away from this game, but I need to get the prediction out there. I want to put my, my, my prediction out there because it's a podcast. That's what I want to do. But some of these games I would stay away, with, away from and the number as, uh, as well. So uh, first game up, we've got Minnesota taking on Western Illinois. Um, these lines, uh, as of right now, they, there's not, it's just kind of like a random, you get to pick the spread. Um, a lot of the, when they play FCS, the lines don't get released till Saturday morning, and I want to be able to have it where you guys are listening. So my prediction for this game is 45-3. to I think Minnesota takes care of Western Illinois. They played well against New Mexico State. Excited to see them next week uh, when they take on, I believe they're taking on Colorado next week, and that's the game that I'm really excited to watch because I think that that will be kind of a good uh, indicator. Yes, they do take on Colorado next week. I get an indicator of where they're at, but I think they're gonna, they have two really uh, easy games right out of the gate. They're going to be 2 and 0. That's mine. Taking Minnesota 45 to 3. Next game up, and this is the one, this is one of them that I said that are sprinkled in there for the diehard college football fan. We've got Northwestern taking on Duke. Now, fun fact, Northwestern has won eight of the last 12. I would call this almost the battle of the academics, two great academic schools, right? Uh, But they have lost the last three. They lost to Duke last year. 
a score of 23 to 30. They lost to Duke in 2018 when they went 9 and 5, 7 to 21, and they lost to Duke in 2017 by a score of 17 to 41 when they went 10 and 3. So Really interesting with Northwestern, especially coming off of that win against Nebraska. Might have a little bit of inflation of the ego, but that would be if they didn't have a bye. I think Pat Fitzgerald coming off of a bye, coming back from Ireland, I think they're going to handle this Duke team. Duke still has a first-year head coach. They did just beat Temple. Temple could arguably be one of the worst teams in college football this year, in my opinion. So they did beat them 30-0. to zero. It was an outstanding victory, and it's really hard to get in statistics when you beat up on a team that good. So as I'm looking at it, I think Northwestern, I think it's going to be close. Right now, the line is sitting about minus 7 and it had, it had moved up to eight at one point. Uh, there are, I mean, this is just a line that you want to be keeping your eye on. If it creeps, I mean, I'm taking uh, 21, 24 to 21 against Northwestern. So anytime the line continues to creep higher, you're fine, right? Uh, and, and, and you might ask yourself, well, why is the line going up? Money, it means that money is coming in on Northwestern. Uh, it means that the, the bookmakers are like, okay, hey, you know, we're seeing a lot of money being put on, on this. We're going to raise it to see if we can get some money flipped back on Duke. I actually really like this line. Now, when we're going against the movement of the line, I think it actually come down coming off of a buy. I think it's going to be close. Uh, like I said, last year was a three-point game. I think this year will be a three-point game. I think Northwestern dominates uh, exactly like they do. They they play ball possession, and they get the win. Uh, again, 24-21, but I would be taking uh, Duke plus 7, uh, even though, and it's moved even to Duke plus 8 now. Uh, as we're talking, it literally just flipped up to Duke plus 8. So I'd be taking that. As it continues to grow higher, you can maybe get a little bit better line. If it starts to come down lower, I wouldn't take anything. Uh, minus 3 is where I would then be like, okay, I would maybe jump onto the Northwestern side. Uh, we'll see how the line movement goes. And, and again, this is very fluid throughout the week. It's going to go up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, so obviously watch for that line. Uh, the next game up, we have Penn State versus Ohio. Uh, I think Penn State coming off of a pretty emotional victory on the road against Purdue. I think they come back home. Uh, Happy Valley, first game of the season. They're going to absolutely dominate uh, Ohio. They have only lost to three current MAC teams uh, ever, uh, and, and Ohio is one of them. Uh, it was back in 2012, but they leave them 5-1. Uh, Ohio did uh, have a victory this last week. Um, and so they might be coming. They might be feeling good about themselves. Uh, Three-point victory over FAU. Not anything to really write home about. Um, Thirty-four to twenty-seven right now is the line. I take Penn State and the points. Uh, minus twenty-seven is what the line's sitting at. The lines did open at twenty-four and a half, and it has shot up. Obviously, the bookmakers are trying to cover their bets now uh, going against Ohio. I wouldn't put it uh, just because. Uh, now I'm sitting right at that twenty-seven mark on my prediction. If it gets much higher, it is very difficult uh, because you're like do I really I know Penn State can win but giving you know 31 points uh, against Ohio who isn't a terrible Mac team uh, but just because uh, a lot of the offensive coordinators and the head coaches they'll actually mix things up they'll throw out a different quarterback uh, they might slow the game down because they don't want to just absolutely destroy them it's hard you even look at like the Minnesota game I thought that they should have scored way more points than what they did against New Mexico State but uh, they, they didn't just absolutely blow them out so Makes it difficult, and that's why uh, you know they, they call it gambling. I'd probably stay away from this game, uh, but I got to make a prediction. I w- I'd take uh, Penn State minus twenty-seven, uh, and and that would just be what, what where I see that game. If you're an Ohio Bobcat fan, uh, you're hoping for the upset, but I don't see it. So 
Next game up, we do have Ohio State taking on Arkansas. Ohio State struggled a little bit in the first half, uh, which is to be expected, I think, on, on any uh, going up against a team like Notre Dame, not really knowing what Marcus Freeman and his uh, his uh, Fighting Irish are capable of. Um, this line is sitting about 44.5 right now. Uh, I do think that Ohio State takes care of them, uh, but I, I, I'm going to go 52-10 uh, to 10, uh, for Ohio State. I take Arkansas State. 44.5 points is a lot, a lot of points. It makes me like gut wrenching uh, to to even think about taking it again. This would probably be another one that I would uh, stay away from if I wasn't doing a prediction, right? But I think Ohio State gets up on them. I think that uh, they're able to put them away, and I think that it's going to be kind of like uh, by the second half, we're gonna we're not even going to be watching this game. I think in the recap episode, I said that Ohio State was taking on Arkansas State. Butch Davis was a coach. Actually, Butch Jones, he was a former coach that was at Tennessee, Cincinnati, and Central Michigan. Um, he's obviously been in big games, uh, but I just don't see Arkansas State having the talent to compete with Ohio State. Uh, they're not going to beat them. I would not call for an upset, but 44 points is just oh, 44 and a half, meaning they had to win by 45. Too much to give up. I think the score is going to be 52 to 10. Uh, again, that, that is my prediction. I'd stay away from that, though, with just the amount of massive points next game up we have is wisconsin against washington state washington state actually struggled against an fcs opponent uh idaho but i don't really know what to do with wisconsin just because of their style of play uh they're not built just to absolutely house people um I mean, they did beat Rutgers pretty bad last year, but for the most part, they stay around the 30s. Uh, don't really dip into the 40s much. Uh, my, my prediction for the game is 34-7. to 7. Right now, uh, as I'm looking on my app, uh, Wisconsin does have the line minus 17, so I would take that. Uh, if it continues to creep up higher, um, I would probably stay away from it uh, about the 21 to 24 mark, just because, again, as we talk... Uh, as we talk about it, it's just uh, Wisconsin doesn't just blow people out. It's usually pretty close games, um, and uh, they they will. I'm not saying they don't, but they will. The style of, of, of football they play, they'll do a 15 yard drive. I mean, it takes 10 minutes off the clock, and they only they still only get seven points. Uh, that's my prediction on that game. So Wisconsin minus 17, uh, 37 to 14 for Wisconsin. Uh, the next game we have Maryland taking on Charlotte. Uh, I my prediction here 28 to three. Maryland did kind of have a bad beat, a bad bet at the at the end. Uh, they were winning by the what I needed them to to cover. Last week they ended up allowing Buffalo a field goal. I think it'd be very similar uh, to that against Charlotte. Charlotte's plus twenty seven. I think it's going to be twenty eight to three. I don't think Charlotte gets in the end zone, but I think uh, that it will be close. Maryland not crazy impressive against Buffalo. I think they beat Charlotte, but I would I think that that line is just a little bit too um, suspect. If it continues to creep up, you know, 35, 40 points, I, I don't think it will. But if it gets into the thirties, definitely take that. Just because I don't think uh, Maryland, the way they played against Buffalo, the way that the coaches played against it was more of a development, getting guys reps and stuff like that. So I think they do the same thing against Charlotte. Might allow Charlotte to get a touchdown or a, uh, or a field goal at the very end of the game. I might be walking into a trap there, betting on Charlotte. It does kind of make me sick to my stomach. But hey, what are we going to do? Next up, we do have Michigan State against Akron. Uh, not much to talk about here. Akron struggled against the FCS school last week, going to overtime with them. 42-7, I'd take Michigan State, minus 35. Uh, same thing with Purdue, taking on Indiana State. Indiana State went into overtime against North Alabama last week. 
My prediction, 38-3 to on that game. Rutgers taking on Wagner. I don't think Wagner scores. 31-0 for Rutgers. Um... And then we have Indiana against Ohio, Idaho. Idaho played well against Washington State. Lost to Indiana last last year. I think Indiana scores four touchdowns, 28-3 there. Uh, and then another quick one that we're doing, Michigan against Hawaii. I think Michigan houses Hawaii. Hawaii has let out a lot, a lot of points. Obviously, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances around the Hawaii uh, football team. If you want to go and read about what happened at the end of last year and then what they've had to fight through, it's going to be difficult. I think it's going to be 59-7. I would eat the points if I was Michigan. They were clearly fine blowing Colorado State out, and Hawaii has been has proven that they can't stop a nosebleed with losing to Vanderbilt and then losing uh, again into Western Kentucky. They might get a touchdown or two, but that's a lot of points I would stay away from it. That's just going to be my prediction because uh, i got to throw it out there. That's so many points, but i take Michigan on the money line for sure. Uh, not going to win a lot of money on that just because Michigan is the better team, uh, but that's kind of that's where I see it. So next, we've got the last three games of the of the week. Excited to talk about them. These are probably the most intriguing games, in my opinion. We got to we're going to start off with Iowa against Iowa State. Very difficult to to get a beat on this Iowa team. That was an ugly game. It was bad. Two safeties and a field goal. Ugly against the FCS team. Now I'm not saying that that Iowa State played you know too much better. Uh, they did. They did end up you know winning against Southeast Missouri State, 42 to 10. Uh, at least they scored a touchdown. But Iowa has always kept big brother. I mean, they're they're big brother to Iowa State, and and it's been proven year after year after year. Um, you know, Iowa in the last six meetings is four one and one against the spread. They usually uh, cover, and so I do. I mean, Iowa minus three. I want to go twenty four to twenty. That's going to be my prediction uh, for Iowa. So I would be taking uh, Iowa right minus three. I'd be taking that. I think Iowa wins by four, just because I think they'll cover the spread. Uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be a lot. It's going to be close. This is betting that Iowa figures out how to actually score some points, score a touchdown. If they can't, this is going to be an ugly, ugly Saturday for the Hawkeyes and time for maybe a little bit of a panic if they can't score more than seven points against their in-state rival because uh, they just took on an FCS opponent and struggled. Defense was great, but offense struggled big time. Uh, excited to watch it, right? Play for the Cyhawk Trophy. We'll see what happens. Final two games, um, Nebraska and Georgia Southern. Uh, right now, I just don't have any faith betting Nebraska. I, I took them, um, the well, I took the points for Northwestern, but I thought that they would beat them uh, week one. Nebraska fails me. I then said, you know what? They'll bounce back against North Dakota State. Weren't able to cover against, an, or sorry, North Dakota State, North Dakota. They were not able to cover against an FCS school, so I'm not going to bet them until they're able to cover. And maybe they prove me wrong and get, uh, you know, Georgia Southern right now the the line is at 21 I think Georgia Southern scores some points on them 31-21 is my prediction I would eat uh, Georgia Southern plus 21 uh, right now and then you might even be able to get some more value on that if a lot of Nebraska uh, you know fans come in on it until I see that they're capable of of really being able to cover I'm not going to take it on top of they're going to be you know maybe looking forward a little a little too much to that Oklahoma game the week after at home. This is a very, very easily overlooked team. Georgia Southern could even beat them. I would take Nebraska on the money line. I think they're going to win, but this is a, this is kind of a trap game after not playing great against North Dakota, uh, you know, playing Georgia Southern. 
kind of kind of suspect if you're Nebraska and, and Scott Frost, which. Uh, I, I mean, I kind of defended him uh, the first week. There's there's nothing left to defend uh, against an, an FCS. They won, but wasn't a really pretty victory. Um, I, I'm really going to be watching in uh, on this next game. If they do not play well, I'll probably not watch a lot more Nebraska unless they turn into super, super intriguing. I mean, obviously watch them, but not you know not pay as much attention to them or talk as much about them because it's just not interesting. I want to talk about interesting. So... Georgia Southern, my, plus 21. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I believe that's what it's still sitting about, what the line is, what, what it opened at. That would be my prediction on the game. 31-21 for Nebraska, but we'll see how that goes. Now, the final game of the week, and personally, uh, I can't believe I'm even saying this. Uh, this would be my game of the week, and that is Illinois against Virginia. And what I said in the preview still hangs true. I don't know. This could be the ultimate last time we even talk about Illinois. If they lose this game, if they go into the bye one and one and two, we could not talk about them unless they, you know, cause massive upsets down the road. Maybe we would, but in order to stay relevant, Illinois has to pick up the win. Really interesting. They did play uh, last year, fourteen to forty-two. Got kind of beat down. It was on the road. Uh, Virginia did have, uh, you know, Bronco Mendenhall as their coach. They only did went six and six last year. Uh, not a great uh, outing. But Bronco then uh, steps away. Tony Elliott steps in. Uh, first year head coach overall. Not a ton of uh, of talent returning back from that Bronco team. They struggled against Richmond, thirty four to seventeen. But really, it didn't feel like it felt closer than what it was, uh, and that was at home. I think the traveling. Uh, I think that Illinois, if they stay on the ground, I was looking through statistics uh, before we got on. If they stay on the ground, you look on the offensive side uh, of the ball, Illinois is 18th in the nation, and then the defensive rank for uh, Virginia, as far as rushing goes, is 60th. So I think that if Illinois keeps the ball on the ground, doesn't get too cute, and you know uses their playmakers when they need them, but get the ball uh, into Chase Brown's hands, get the ball into Josh McCray's hands. I think that they end up winning this game. Uh, I think it's going to be close. Right now, it's UVA um, plus three three point five. Right, so Illinois is actually favored in this game. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be thir- twenty four to twenty one. Uh, Illinois continues. It looks like they still have their problem. They actually had one of the lowest uh, power five, if not the lowest. Uh, I know it was bottom five uh, points per game last year, which was sitting around 20, which they only scored 20 points last week. And so I don't see them being crazy more uh, dynamic as far as points go. I think their defense has been good. I think their defense is the most talented side of the ball. Uh, But I think it's going to be close. 24-21, I would take UVA plus three and a half. Um, If that line drops to three, I wouldn't bet it. If it flips over to UVA, I would then be like, okay, I'm taking Illinois. Uh, If it starts, you know, uh, then you can kind of start betting that. But right now as it's sitting, I don't think Illinois beats them by four. I think they beat them by three. Uh, It might flip UVA side. And that's, like I said, that's when you start betting that Illinois money. But three and a half points is is a little bit... um, a little bit that I don't know if I would want to give up. I think Illinois is a good team. In order to stay relevant, they have to win this game. Uh, when you're looking at the big picture of things, like I said, uh, you got to be through. You've got to be uh, three and one going into that Wisconsin game because you've got an absolute gauntlet going forward. 
I like this Illinois team. I want to continue to talk about them because I do like Chase Brown. I do like Josh McCray. I do like Tan- uh, Tommy DeVito. Uh, I do like some of their backers, some of their linemen. They're playing a very unique style of defense. I want to continue to talk to, about them. But again, I want to talk about interesting and you know getting blown out by Iowa, Wisconsin, uh, losing to Virginia just isn't interesting. I'm not going to spend my time on it. So we'll see. Balls in your court, Illinois. So those are the predictions for this week. Again, a little bit longer of a podcast just because we're getting into the betting side of things, but that is kind of where I see uh, I see this week going. Uh, continue to follow us uh, on Twitter at Big Ten Pod. Let us know where we're right, where we're wrong. We obviously give out these these our predictions. I'm I will always own it, even if we have a week where we go 0 and 11, 0 and 14 on predictions. We will own it and say, my goodness, that was a bad week. I was wrong. Uh, we're trying to get over 50 percent for the season uh, right now. Six and five, nine and two uh, spread, and then the money line. So. We're doing all right. We hope we can continue this success into week two. Uh, Continue to support the podcast. Hit that subscribe button so you get notified when the week two recap gets released. Excited to talk about that. Some of these games, a little bit more interesting games is on week three versus week two. Like I said, kind of frustrating when we're getting these games. Understand. I understand why they do it, but uh, I want to see, you know, Big Ten football and I want to see good football games. That's what I'm here for. I'll watch it regardless, but I would love to see big time games. Coming out of the Big Ten, this is a phenomenal conference. Uh, also, subscribe to the, the Woos Media family of podcasts. You can find that on uh, iTunes or right Apple iTunes or uh, the Google Play Store and also on Spotify. Thank you guys so much, and I hope you guys have a wonderful week.